Blog Talk Radio. Oh, fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball teams. Hoodies. Not yet, but soon. The metal tea. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by collarandelbowbrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. Collarandelbowbrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my collar and elbow brand type shirt. I immediately get my coffee and go. Gentlemen, welcome to another great edition of Off the Rails Radio with your host, Tom Wing. All right, we are back on the air here on Off the Rails Radio. I hope everybody's having a nice evening. Looks like right now, looking out my window, it looks like it's pouring down the rain. I hope everybody else is having a good night. Uh, first off, I want to address last week's episode. Uh, we had some issues with uh, Mr. Cornette getting him on the air. We got it resolved. I do want to thank him uh, for coming on last week. And I want to thank everybody out there that was made listening in and kind of caught me, me seeing caught with my pants down. Uh, I think I, I want to think I made the best out of the situation. But uh, we got the interview done. And, again, thank you, Michael Cornette. It is one of my highly downloaded episodes. Um, I want to say, I know it's over 200 downloads, so I want to keep them coming. Um, you heard the commercial at the beginning of the show. We, we got Collar and Elbow Wrestling. Use the promo code WING. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com. The new fall line is out. Uh, there's also a cancer awareness t-shirt on there that you could get. So there'll be a commercial for that later in the show. And use the promo code WING, W-I-N-G. They save 10% off your order at collarandelbowbrand.com. Um, I do have a couple more sponsors in the works. Um, got it. I'm waiting to hear back from one. That way you can support Collar and uh, not. I'm so sorry. Not Collar and Elbow Wrestling Brand Live TV, folks. Um, off the rails radio, and we can get it, get it done. All right. So I'm not going to waste much more time. Uh, I don't have a really big opening this week. I'm going to go ahead and bring my guest on the air. Um, this this interview, <laughs> as if you've seen my Facebook in the last couple of days, it's probably going to be considered a more controversial interview. Um, but Larry D., are you on the phone with us? I'm here. I'm so glad that you had me on. I'm glad that you was able to make it, man. Yeah. Um, highly anticipated. Larry D.'s the heat breaker, brother. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, if it ain't Michael Cornette one week, it's Larry D the next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to love it, my man. You got to love it. Regardless, I'm here to have a good time, and I'm sorry that if it did cause 
any grief to you and your podcast, but I, I really do appreciate you having me on, and, and I'm looking forward to this uh, interview here. I am too, man. Well, I'm going to start the interview like I start most of my interviews when I have uh, wrestlers on the on the air. Where did you first remember seeing professional wrestling? Georgetown, Kentucky, right there at the uh, Georgetown Fleet Market. I tell a lot of people that you know, and and uh, you know, right there in the the bingo hall there at, uh, on on the Georgetown Flea Market. They used to run wrestling back years ago. I remember I was about six years old, and um, it had Dale Mann and Danny Fargo was in charge of it, I believe, at the time. And uh, my dad, you know, he worked on the farm, and, and he would always haul and deliver hay. And he came in early and seen a wrestling sign that said, Pro Wrestling, Georgetown Bingo Hall. And uh, he came home and told my mother, you know, wrestling, wrestling's back out here tonight. I had no idea what he was talking about, I, you know. And uh, he took us out there, and, and I was just blown away. I mean, uh the very first wrestler I seen walk out the curtain straight shoot was Doug Vines, and he scared the living fire out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was really really cool. I mean, I, I didn't want, I didn't get the WWF experience right away or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was MWA right out there in Georgetown, Kentucky, and it was just I think that's why my love for independent wrestling is what it is today because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. Because a lot of people, when I would say, "Hey, yo, you need to come watch a show," they they people come in expecting WWE production at an independent show, and I'm just like, "No, you get it's much more personable there, you know, where to the point where if you're ten feet from the ring, you that's great seating and it's really easy to get." Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's and the thing is, it's it's reasonable. It's 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 someone who. Who wouldn't be able to afford those WWF WWE tickets at the time? You know they can they they can go and, and enjoy professional wrestling, you know at at a reasonable price. You know because I mean I, I took my dad and my kids to a WWE house show a few years back and it was two hundred and thirty seven dollars for a four year old, a five year old, and my dad and myself. So <laughs> that if that tells you anything, uh, there's a huge price difference there, but uh, you know, like I said, I've always believed in independent wrestling, and, and that that would be my first and and foremost love uh, of of pro wrestling would be on the independent scene. Okay, all right. So we fast forward a little bit. Tell us how you broke into the business. I broke into the business. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not embarrassed to to say uh, how I got into the business. I got into the business. Uh, and I, I don't condone this, not at all. You know, let's. I want to make that clear. But I feel like a lot of guys got their start backyard wrestling, which I think is the silliest, most dangerous um, way to to start wrestling because you're you're first off you're not trained. Secondly, you could hurt yourself, and you know it's just not right. I, I highly said I wish that I had got the chance to go uh, to a professional wrestling school, but fortunately. Uh, my uncle lived uh, was roommates uh, with Rowdy Red, who you're familiar with, and uh, he would come and 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 watch our little backyard wrestling shows or whatnot and everything that goes with them. And um, he uh, he brought over Maniac Michael Payne, who was I'm sure you're familiar with as well uh, when you were in wrestling. And yeah. 
you know, they would come watch our shows on Sundays before they would go uh, out and wrestle uh, the, the towns in Georgetown or whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think it started out as just like, hey, you know, you guys need to be careful. You need to uh, do this, you know. And it started out just kind of protecting us, not not trying to lead into uh, any kind of actual training. Uh, but, but, you know, a lockup turned into a headlock, a headlock turned into an armbar, armbar turned into a soup. You know, it just, it just every week we were just hungry. And, uh, you know, it led into to training, you know, and, and every week. And then something that we wanted to do. And I was blessed enough to, to be able to, to, to do that and, and to go on and, and, and become professional wrestler and, and fulfill what I've always wanted to do. Thanks to thanks to to pay, you know I I'll say, you know at the time I didn't have I, di- I didn't have the funds to to attend a professional wrestling school, uh, you know but he helped me out and he took care of me and 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 I, I'm I'm deeply indebted to to you know I'm sure he wouldn't care I'm deeply in- indebted to Calvin because I got to know Calvin and not Payne and and Calvin's mm-hmm. just a great guy. Yeah, uh, yeah I always thought a lot of Calvin uh, when I was in Georgetown there for a couple years. I learned a lot from him. Um, small, small things too. Not like you know, not like you know. Here's a spot. You know when to do stuff. You know why you do right. it and stuff like that, which I think is no. so lost in the business today. The thing about it is, is, what made it fun is that you know he'll he'll tell you himself if you have him on is is he was only wrestling about a year and a half, two years. He he'll tell you that that he just he was just a kid himself and he was really sincerely trying to to help help guys out, help us not get injured, help us help us not get hurt, you know, because I, I feel like he, he, he saw some kids out there that, that loved what they were doing, and he just didn't want to see them get hurt. And I, I'm deeply uh-huh. indebted to Calvin for that because if he, if he didn't come there and show us, who knows, I, I may have never stepped foot in a wrestling ring. Yeah. So um, last week I asked Michael Cornett to tell us about his first match experience, and he he gave one of the funniest stories uh, I've ever heard for your first match. And I want to <laughs> what was you, who was your first match with, and was there any my, funny my stories was, surrounding it? My, mine was with mine was with Payne. Uh, Payne. I think that he was just as scared as I was. Uh, I think that that we were kept, we kept things very basic and and you know I mean as far as the funny story goes I don't really have any kind of like funny story outside of just being extremely nervous and uh, you know uh, bless his soul Jeff Vickers taught me how to to lace my boots and I still lace my boots the same way that Jeff Vickers taught me all those years ago and and I just can't thank thank those guys enough for what they've done for me. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I really don't have a funny story. It was just, I just remember like, man, this is really happening. And, and I, I was just more focused on getting in there and, and, and just showing that I knew what I was doing or to the best of my ability. And, and then, you know, from there it just took off. So how long was you in the business before you kind of got, cause everybody gets their home promotion when they first started. Where was yours right. and um, how did it go? I would say that that you know at first, you know I didn't know what a home was until uh, you know my my home was was in the car with Calvin and wherever we decided to go, um, and then as as time passed, probably about a year and a half had passed, um, we had gotten set up with Chris Hayes and the MWA, 
and I didn't really know what a home was until I got into the MWA. And, and once I got there, you know, I realized, man, I'm not as good as I think I am. And, you know, you had guys like uh, Ray the Bear Steele. You had Donnie Green, Justin Idol. You had Al, Al Steele, Scott Hayes. You know, I mean, just, you can go on and on and on about guys that, that really knew what they were doing in there. And, and I, I remember going in there, Mount Sterling, and, you know, thinking that, oh, man, you're cream of the crop. You know, you know you're, you're good. And then it just took me looking out the curtain to uh, watch Donnie and Bear out there doing their thing, and it just hit me that, you know, you're not as good, you're not as, good as you think you are. You know, these guys was out there just doing things that I could never imagine how they could do. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the guy that they got to go out there to begin the show and, and, and cut the promos. I wanted to be the guy that got to be in the main event. I wanted to be the guy that packed the belt. And I knew I couldn't do none of those by continuing to float around to little nobody promotions. You know, I was booked every Saturday, you know, whether it be West Virginia or Tennessee, Indiana, somewhere, Ohio. I was booked every Saturday. And once I seen that, I just realized that, you know, I'm getting nowhere at my current talents level. So I canceled every booking there out once I got the go-ahead on coming up there with Chris every Saturday. And once I got up there with Chris, I, I learned so much. And, and, you know, I always say that Scott Hayes kind of took me under his wing and really buckled down and showed me what it was like, you know, and what, what it took to be a professional wrestler, not taking – anything away from Calvin because he did great with me. But I feel like guys like Scott Hayes and guys like the Abyss, working with those guys really took me and, and, and made me what I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people think that, you know, just one trainer and you're done. But a lot of a lot of people don't understand that it's – you get that one trainer that shows you how to, how to do it. And then you get that guy that gives you the polish. Like – Right. Like for me, it was, of course, everybody knows it was Rated X to train me. And then I got my polish from Stevie Foot. And, right. and without those guys, you know, a new guy could be lost rather quickly and, and right. let it get into their own head that's the greatest thing walking. Then they get in there against a true veteran, and then they get tied into a pretzel. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that's that's uh, true. I mean, the thing is, is like you just got to be respectful. I think a lot of the, the younger guys, you know, you know, when when were, when did you get your start? What uh, what year did you start? Me was two thousand four. Okay, so I mean, you're talking that's thirteen years ago. So mm-hmm. you know, you got to look at how much things have changed. You know, these these younger guys now, they don't fully understand how you know with with rated X, you were brought in the same way as you would be early to mid nineties even in 2004, you know, you were still uh, held to a certain level of uh, how you're supposed to compose yourself starting out as opposed to, you know, how you're supposed to do things. Uh, Number one is being sit down and shut your mouth and don't open it until you're asked. You know, a lot of the younger guys today feel entitled. They feel like, oh, well, I've been trained and now I've had my first match and now I can just speak freely. And it, it just, no, I'm, I'm not against guys speaking freely. I mean, it is what it is to me, but there's a way that, you know, a lot of the guys are disrespectful with. I think I think that, uh, you know, there's too many buddies, you know, that, that come in and, and, you know, I can I, I say this to my guys all the time. You know, I'll be your buddy, you know, no doubt, but don't believe I will not chew your ass if you don't get sorry. I don't know how, how your uh, profane I hope ass isn't one of those uh, edit out words. 
Oh yeah, you can you can we you can speak freely on Off the Rails Radio. Um, okay, good. Yeah, um, yeah, because I remember and I told this story last week, and I'll I'll go ahead and tell it again. I remember I was working a fair show, Clinton County, I think, and mm-hmm. I wasn't in the match, but I got to watch it. Um, and the right. match was Doug Vines and somebody, I think Jack Daniels. I don't know if you remember him or not. It was the guy that mm-hmm. always broke with Doug. Mm-hmm. Against Stevie Phillips and a guy named Perry. I want to say his name was Lance Valentine. He was working at. Right. Uh, he had a cup. He had a cup of coffee within the business. Well, in the ring, it was Doug and Perry opening, and Perry made the mistake of saying, "Bring it on, old man!" And oh, oh my gosh. God. Let's just say we never seen we never seen Perry again after that because Doug became <laughs> senseless. <laughs> right. And and it's just that I mean you have to you know if you do speak freely. God bless you, but make sure you, you know you know that the hill you're going to die on is worth dying on. That's true. You just got to pick your battles. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the buddy system that you the, the buddy situation. I ain't going to lie. Not even I think I spoke about this last week. I had the same problem in Georgetown. I mean, mm-hmm. I come in thinking I was the owner of that promotion, you know, friend, and I was untouchable. Well, when the bookers right. changed, I learned I learned I wasn't, and the, right. you know, young dumb Tom got sent home. And I, I deserved I deserved every minute bit of it. I just try to keep it. You know, there there has to be a level of business is business and friends are friends. You know, I, I feel like if you're truly my friend and something happens in business that you don't like, I'd like to think that you're still going to be my friend at the end of the day. And I can yeah. honestly say that that my friends are that way. You know, and and. Uh, I, I I got the you know best friends in the world you know everybody everyone always comes at me with oh you're on this buddy system well you know my reply always is well you know the difference between my buddies and your buddies are that my buddies can wrestle <laughs> so yeah. and it's, it's a joke but I, I mean there's some truth behind it so I stand behind the crew that I that I have always have and always will. Now going back to you know when you joined MMA or MMA MWA. Um, when was the first time when you was in the ring and the infamous light bulb went off when you got it? When I got it, uh, it was in there with Scott Hayes. I was doing, um, I, I was doing this this thing with him. I, I think that unbeknownstly, um, they put us together for the purpose to groom me, and my time, so to speak, came to where uh, Scott and I could get in there together and he just took me to a different level. And I remember one night we was in there and, and, you know, just everything was clicking. The crowd was there. Uh, we was hitting everything, every move that we had in our arsenal and, and, you know, just biting on everything that we were doing. And it just like hit me like, man, this guy here has really took me and, and upped my game and made me to a level of where I knew I could be, but I just, I just needed someone to, to give me a little kick in my ass to say, you know what, you're good enough to do this. You're, you you deserve to be in this spot. And, you know, I just I just felt really good and gave me that drive to continue to start doing better. And then I got to get in there with, like, Jerry Lawler and Abyss, Chris Harris, and, you know, just several guys that Chris would bring in. I got the opportunity to share the ring with them, and, and I, I'm forever uh, grateful for the MWA. Okay. All right. Now, so, now, ever since you broke in, your name has always been Larry D., correct? It has, yes. Now, it's part of your documentary title. Um, 
who come up with little or lil Larry D? That that would be Calvin. Calvin, uh, you know, we we had toyed around with a couple of different things there early. Um, at first, I wanted to uh, incorporate like my father and my grandfather's names, and I wasn't going to be uh, Larry by no means. I, at first, it was going to be like like my my dad's name is Bobby, and my my grandfather's name is Roger, and you know, uh, my my last name is Jones. My grandfather's last name was West. I was going to be Big Bobby West. And it just, you know, that was what we kind of came up with and and I just it didn't it didn't it didn't ring to me. It didn't, you know, it just didn't fit me right and, you know, I just one day I was there and Calvin said, "I want to call you Little Larry D." You know, and my middle name is Dale. We was going to go Little Larry Dale. Little Larry D, little Larry, you know, and then they just oh, Little Larry D, we can call you Little Larry D. And for the longest time, I was just Little Larry D. And then, then I just straight dropped the little part. I think you know, as we grow, I just dropped the, I just was Larry D. And then uh, once I got to wrestle with Lawler, uh, Chris Hayes said, I remember walking in and he says, Legendary Larry D. And I said, What are you talking about? And he's like, We're gonna do Legend versus Legend. And uh, you're going to be 23 years old, and you're calling yourself Legendary Larry D, and we're going to have you fight a real legend in Jerry Lawler, and you're going to prove to to these people and everybody else that you are deserving to be called Legendary Larry D. And from there forward, it just stuck, you know, and, and I've been yeah. Legendary Larry D ever since. Yeah, I mean – now, when you when you got when you got christened Larry D from the people that weren't in the know, did you get any kind of that stupid childish? Uh, he considered himself a legend type heat. Uh, yeah, but that, I think that was from the 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 idiots. I think that was from the people who didn't understand. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, I, I I'm nowhere near legendary staff. I'm 33 years old. You know, I, I think that uh, I, I've got a lot of time under my belt for my age. And next year I'll be wrestling half my life. I make no bones about it. Half my existence yeah. will be in a, inside of a wrestling ring next year. Um, but as far as me being compared to, you know, like the Doug Vineses or or Jerry Lawlers or Ron Stars or Rated X's or or anything like that, I mean, I feel like you know you got to reach that twenty year mark to twenty plus year mark to really do that. I mean, I've I've been blessed to to wrestle a lot of big time promotions. I've been blessed to carry some some mid decent titles and, and, and some some promotions. But I mean as far as you know these guys, man, that those are the guys that people remember around Kentucky. And and hopefully one day that I'll 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 get that. You know, I like to say I I'd like to think I'm on my way a little bit, but you know, you never know how things turn out. Yeah, because I mean I will say that as far as on my podcast, you're the first wrestler that I've brought on that's actually a working wrestler and what those what people out there what you may not understand about the term working wrestler that means he is on the road about three to four times a night I think the only other person that I could think of that's even close to that that I can recall having on my podcast would be Zodiac yeah I'm cracking I mean right now by the end of December projected I'm going to wrestle 215 shows and that's and that's really banging them out, you know, on this level. Sorry, he's going about you know five or six times a week. Sometimes, most mostly four to five. And, and if you're a young wrestler listening to this interview, and you have Larry on your Facebook page, 
he is always if there's ever a spot that I know that is open that he knows that is open, he is always trying to reach out to somebody to say, Hey, wanna ride? Right. <laughs> and yeah. now do you get do you get very many people that hit hit you up on those? Uh you know, sadly, no, to be honest with you. Mm. Um but but I mean there are a handful uh that's uh that do and, and, and the ones that do uh you know, I, I'm I'm blessed to to be able to spread my knowledge because you know I feel like it's just paying it forward. You know, uh, Scott Hayes and myself spent more time in a car together than than two people really should. Uh, but when he when he was wrestling, you know, we would take off on Thursday night and come back on Sunday, and you know, we were just thousands and thousands of miles, you know, and and just learning the business from him and hearing the stories of his dad and and how things were when his dad was coming up and, and how it was when he was a kid watching his dad. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I try to, uh, you know, pass along to these younger guys. But but to answer your question, no, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just like a work thing or if it's like, you know, I can't get off work in time and leave. But, you know, there there's a few, but there's a consistent there in Crash Jackson and, he doesn't even work for PTW, but, you know, Crash Jackson usually 90% of the time will message me and, and, and ask what time that I'm leaving for certain shows. And if he can make them, he's, he's, oh, he's been there, you know, and, and he seems eager to learn. He seems eager to, to um, get himself there. Uh, you know, I feel, like, I feel like his veteran, of course, uh, you know, so I don't think he would mind me speaking freely as far as, what it is, he's a great talent. Uh, he's, he's, he gets it. I took him to IWA, and he had a really good matchup there last week. And um, I think the problem might be right now he's at that point of where he wants to 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 learn, but he's 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 kind of to the point of maybe scared to take that next step and and kind of uh, get into a system of sorts, you know, as far as getting himself groomed to be. The next, you know, I think he's got to find that point of, like I say, when I was at the MWA looking out the curtain saying, I want to do that, and I'm willing to drop everything I've got to get myself there. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell these guys, the door is open, you just got to wipe your feet at it and then walk through, you know. And, and you know, that's, and maybe, maybe he will, maybe he won't, but if he doesn't, I feel like I'll be able to help him in the car, you know. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Taggart is another one. Uh, Brandon Taggart, years ago, uh, was carrying his gear bag in the WCCW dressing room uh, in the Papa John's bag. And, and I just, you know, it ate me up, you know. And I think that's when it started to, like, man, this business is going south. You know, that's the first thing that, that got in my mind when I seen that. It was like, you know, you shouldn't be carrying your gear bag in a Papa John's uh, pizza sack. Um, and then, you know, the more that I got to know Brandon and speak with Brandon, I realized that he loved wrestling. He wanted to get better. He just didn't know how to get better. And I opened the doors to PTW, and he came and done exactly what was asked of him, great attitude. Yep. And uh, he got into the PTW system is what I like to call it because I think I think what we have there at PTW is a system. You know, we groom professional wrestlers in the area, and, and we give them the stage at PTW to do what what we show them and what we teach them. I think there's a lot of Kentucky wrestlers that have been trained for, you know, four to six weeks years ago that just, they don't know any better. So I like, I'm the guy that likes to take the, the wrong and make it right. And then, and also, you know, give them a future at BTW because Brandon Taggart ultimately ended up being one of the best PTW heavyweight champions uh, to date and, is a mighty fine wrestler in my opinion. 
Right. I I, I put him over huge last week on uh, Mike Cornette's, Cornette's interview because right. I remember when I first met him, um, it was in 2002, uh, Georgetown for UWF, uh, him, Alex Angel, and a boy named Devin Daniels. I, I don't know if that was a worker right. or a shoot name. But um, they was coming, and they was working a show, and they was training a little bit. And I got in there, and I got to work with out with them a little bit. And, and um, I was so impressed by, one, how big he was and how well he can move. And mm-hmm. I was chomping at the bit to work with him. Unfortunately, we never I never got to work with him uh, just due to the booking. But mm-hmm. it, it, it was one that I told Cujo that I was like – He's going to be awesome if he learns right. And right. I hate to toot my own horn and say I'm right. I was right, but I was right. No, yeah, I, I love watching Brandon Taggart do his thing in there. I mean, it it lights me up to see these guys. I mean, I, to me, it's, I feel like I've had my I've had my time in Kentucky, and, and you know, I I I feel as though you know I don't know what else there is. I, mean, I feel like I've wrestled for whoever I need to wrestle for in Kentucky uh, to get where I need to be. You know, I don't think there's much more for me to prove around. You know, uh, I would like to get uh, there and check out the WWA. Unfortunately, I was supposed to do the Kentucky Classic that they had recently, but we had uh, a booking conflict that I had taken a booking prior, and I had to um, fulfill that. And I'd love to get down to the WWA uh, I love the UPW down in Western Kentucky. Uh, the AWA, I, I think it's New South. They have a really nice product down there. And, you know, there's several places. That I'm not saying I don't want to wrestle in Kentucky at all. Um, yeah. But I feel like over the last several years, I, uh, I, I've i had my run here. And, and I think that, that my number one objective now is to continue to make PTW the best they're going. You know, I want I want people when when they think professional wrestling in the state of Kentucky, with no disrespect to anybody else out there, I want them to to think PTW. You know, and, and that's 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 my goal. Now we've we've covered M- MWA. Uh, now there's a couple mm-hmm. other promotions that I know you've worked for that you've actually invested some time in. One being WCCW Wildcat Championship Wrestling. How was your experience there? It started out great. Uh, I uh, I went down there when Bobby Green was behind uh, getting everything together, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think that uh, Lawrenceburg is a great wrestling town. You know, uh, on the flip side, there comes a time where bad business decisions are made, and uh, I'll be honest, I think the best time, the best um, wrestling show was when, when Jeff was in charge down there. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with Jeff Waldridge, who is, he, he's the guy that's producing my uh, documentary. Um, I think when he had it, I believe that he really invested his time. I, I like treated as if he were the, the promoter himself. Uh, then he, then he started to, he started to get into his walks and he, he was real big in um, uh, like uh, Scarefest at the time. And, and he just, he had, he didn't have time to do it. You know, he had other projects going, but I feel like when, when Jeff had it, that's when WCCW was at its best. And, and then from there, I, you know, I, I helped him out a little bit. It just didn't work out. Uh, you know, I don't want to crap on the guy that owns it or anything, but uh, 
you know, you have to know wrestling some sorts if you're going to be a promoter. I think, I think if you're going to be a wrestling promoter, you have to know how wrestling should be and have some sort of background uh, if you're going to ever run a wrestling show. And I, unfortunately, and this is no disrespect to anyone, uh, he just didn't have that. He just wanted to to set wrestling a wrestling ring up and run it and expect people to come in. And it just doesn't work that way. You got to give things time. And I think once Jeff left, there was a just a several rotations of who was booking and who was in charge. And it just, it just kind of went to crap from there. And unfortunately there is, there is no wrestling over there anymore. Yeah. That's what I heard. I don't know the story behind the end of it. I just, one day I looked up and on Facebook, it said, you know, WCCW no longer running any more shows. Right. All that, all that stuff. Another one. And I can't remember the, the, cause they went by like three different names and they ran in Danville, Kentucky, where I'm from. Um, one of them being WWC, and then there was something called Underground. I can't remember. Um, I, I know it was run by WWC, Brian WWC, yes, I think that was. Um, I think the WWC, what, but, but, you know, the thing about Brian is Brian had Todd uh, Morton helping him. And at that time, you know, Todd Morton's a great boatload of knowledge and uh Todd Morton actually was the one that went to bat for me at the IWA and and you know got me in there and since working with IWA it's kind of opened up a lot of doors uh you know out of Kentucky for me and and opened a lot of bigger promotions and and getting the chance to share the ring with like international wrestling names and 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 television names and just got my chance there so I owe, I owe Todd a lot for for that as well. But yeah, uh, as far as Lawrenceburg and Danville go, I think those are just, you know, at the end of them, they, they started great into terrible, you know, uh, another promotion that I know you work. I, I don't I think it was at the beginning of the promotions run was uh KZW. Uh, the Kentucky, right. Kill zone, I think was what it was originally called. And now it's Kentucky zone. Um, what right. was your experiences working there? Oh, that treated me great. I, I can't, uh, I can't really say anything negative about uh I've not been there in five years. Uh, I think as far as far as I know the relationship is good still. Uh just, you know, with my schedule the way it is and, and uh, you know, they run certain Saturdays and, and you know, I just I can't get down there like I would like. Uh, but on the flip side they've not they've not asked me to to come in for them. I don't know if they're is an issue there or not, uh, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed going. They always took care of me. I can't say anything negative as far as that goes. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, I mean, if, if they if they wanted me to come back, I would I would talk to them, you know, and I'm yeah. sure that we could do business. But as far as, I, I don't I don't like to, to, like, ask for bookings. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm seasoned beyond that, and, and knock on wood, I've been blessed enough to where, my phone rings enough and I get text and, you know, I've got guys like uh, Dave and Jake Christou who really promote and push me and, 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 and want to see me on the, the bigger level of cards that they're on, you know, and, and they're, they're the impact wrestling tag team champions. So, I mean, it's good to, it's good to have guys like that who believe in your ability and, and, yes. and you know, they, uh, they really do. And, and, and I've got, I've been blessed, but, you know, I've not had. To, I'm not saying I'm above making a phone call to get on a wrestling show, but yeah. I've been blessed enough to where I've not had to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, because a lot of, I mean, a lot of, I know a lot of guys, they to their detriment, they'll do the whole, I don't call people, people call me, and then, you know, if the phone ain't ringing, I want to make some phone calls. <laughs> and right, I'm not, I'm like I say, I'm not against it. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm yeah, not oh, against yeah. it. But, oh, yeah. you know, I can, I can honestly say that, that, you know, I've not, I've not had to, to make that phone call yet. And I'm not saying that I won't ever have to, but, you know, as of right now, business is great. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm having to turn down bookings and, and, you know, my, my 17 schedule, I might have five open dates left that, you know, and, and with a baby on the way, I may not even try to fill them, you know? Right. Now, this one's going to be a touchy subject because I'm, I'm, I'm sure some listeners there might know some of the, the story behind it. But now we'll, we'll discuss your time in the U, It's UWA slash UWF. Um, I remember right. you being there for the first show because I think I worked with you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember I don't remember much about that ma- match because I was not in a good headspace at the time because I was dealing with the death of my mother. Um, mm-hmm. And it was one of the few times where I let somebody set up a, set up a match and I gave zero input because I just wanted to get through it. Right. Um, I don't remember it being bad, but um, I, I've and I told Michael this last week. I just I've regretted every time I've gotten to work with you external shit was going on to where I couldn't focus on the match. And right. um, so how, how was your time there? Because you took a really long hiatus and then came back for a little while. Well, you know, the problem thing is, is that it was always a touch and go relationship with the office. You know, it was always some sort of, you know, piss war, I feel like, or, you know, uh, it may, and it was a little bit of both. I'm sure it was pride. Uh, you know, we we and Cujo and myself were tight as could be at one time, and then you know, and and even felony, you know, felony. That's that's Calvin's sister. You know, I I remember, uh, you know, her went before she was felony. You know, and I remember her coming to the shows and. Uh, you know, y'all are stupid in your little tights and this, that, and another. And, and then it seemed like once you got in the business, you know, our, our friendship just kind of was never the same. I don't know if it was she was begging for, not begging for, begging is a bad, a bad way to put it, but like just seeking my approval for whatever reason. I don't know why, you know, uh, and I've told her that on several occasions. But it just ended up being like somehow – it got the rumor started that I was completely against women wrestling, which, which I want to make that completely clear is that I'm not against women wrestling at all. I, uh, I think that, uh, I think that I'm against bad women wrestling, you know, if that makes sense. Uh, but as far as me being against, uh, women wrestling is just not, uh, not, not fair to me because I feel like, I am an opportunity giver, you know, and, and I just want to see women get better. I feel like, you know, we open the gates for people to to try to to be the best they can, you know, and 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 for some reason it gotten started that I was against women wrestling. I think felony took that to heart uh, without getting the the full detail, and me being me at that time of my my career was like, you know what. I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to listen to you. And 
I think it was just one of those piss war things, and and once once it just got out of hand, you know. And, uh, once once we did, once once we did become. Sorry, I'm walking out the door here. Um, oh, you're okay. Once we did, once we did uh, come together and do business, it was fine. I uh, I, I enjoyed my time there early. Uh, I realized very soon once I got there that uh, it was pretty unorganized. Uh, I felt like it was just thrown together. I felt like, um, you know, they had a really good thing there early. And then uh, once once it got to the part of, you know, these are just getting thrown together and there's not a lot of uh, – not a lot of uh, work being put into the promotion that uh, it was time for me to leave. And, and that's yeah. what I did. You know, I'm greatly appreciative for them feeling the need to put me in their Hall of Fame. Uh, but also, uh, I feel like there was several, several other people that should have been in line ahead of me to uh, to get that, that honor. But mm-hmm. I, I did appreciate them thinking of me to do that. Yeah, because um, I I remember because I think I left Georgetown about two weeks after you came because I remember we did right. our match. Um, I was told by the office that we was going to continue it the next week. I come with my arm in a sling to commentary, and I think that there was somebody didn't tell the other, and I, I drove an hour for nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, um, but I remember beforehand Jim Chadwick. Um, mm-hmm who I'm surprised he hasn't come up until now. I know he championed really hard for, for them to bring you back to Georgetown. Yeah, I love Jim. Jim was my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you first meet Jim Chadwick? I met Jim Chadwick very early. He uh, he was was one of the those guys that everyone looked up to. And, and you know, we didn't get off to uh, of the start like everyone would think you know, with him being a big advocate of me. And uh, at first it was just he didn't really even recognize me, to be honest. And then uh, once he realized that, you know, maybe there was a little bit behind me and, you know, we become friends first. And then once he started to come to the ring with me, we just become family. And, and I I love Jim Chadwick and I hate that he's no longer with us. And, uh, you know, I think about Jim a lot. I really do. And, and I owe a lot to Jim. We share a lot of good times together. We, me and you had talked a little bit before we came came on about where I was when I, I came back business for a little bit back in 2015, and my number one goal was to squash as much heat as possible that I may have had when I left in 2012. And unfortunately, before I left, I had nuclear heat with Jim Chadwick, and it got mm-hmm. really bad, really bad. And, it, and a lot of it was my stupid fault um, because I was full of myself. And thought that you know I could say whatever I wanted to when I wanted to, and didn't care to who. And Jim was the one that I I regret not being able to make that right with. And right. I I like you. I miss him very much. Oh yeah, I learned a lot from Jim. We we had a lot of good times together. And Jim Chadwick would tell me he just send me random inboxes, and you're the best champ. You guys want you know you. you you just want to let you know you won't admit it, but but you're the best. You're the best. I want you to know you're the best champ that I've had in a long time, and and I put you right up. I mean, he was really, 
he was really on the Larry D bus, uh, and I, I can't tell you what that meant to me to to from from a guy like Jim Chadwick that's been around and and done what he's done. All right, so we're going to go ahead and we've covered everything that I know to cover except for one thing. Uh, well, two things actually. First was when did you decide to create PTW? Uh, it was actually years ago. Uh, that's where Felony got her start. Um, it uh, it was it was when I was nineteen. Had no idea what uh, what to do with wrestling, but you know. Uh, some outside influences, you know, was, was, yeah, let's do this, let's do this. And then, you know, it was open for about a year and then it closed. And then uh, after my marriage ended, uh, it really took off because that was something that I needed in my life. And I'm, I'm glad that we got it back because right now I feel like it's, it's hitting a home run with these DVD typings and the talent that we got. And, and who who comes in and just the support not not from the wrestlers but the fans alone they really look forward to to these shows and you know we sell uh, gold and silver tickets and we've only got seven left of the gold tickets and there's not been one match announced in the next DVD taping that that alone should tell you how our fans believe in the product alone. Um, so where did PTW originally start because. It's been in Georgetown for so long. People, you know, you're, uh, the odd person I would think it's always been there, but it hasn't always been in Georgetown, has it? No, the first PTW show happened actually at the Carlisle National Guard Armory, and there were 56 people in there through the gate, and we ran one show in Carlisle, and then the opportunity to Georgetown uh, came about, and we started every Sunday night in Georgetown, and uh, numbers got really good. We was we was doing doing well, but the guy that owned the 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 dance hall building there, not not off it's off Connector Road, the old country Royal flea market. The 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 lease and the, the, the rent was so high that, you know, it just it wasn't good and then once it went into summer, uh, it kind of fell off. So we closed it and then uh opened back up there in Midway, Kentucky. Did decent there and moved on to Macville went to Paris and then now Georgetown, you know, it, it came about and, uh, you know, I, I can't be more blessed to have Georgetown because those people in Georgetown love some wrestling. They just missed it. And, uh, once, once we came back, uh, they really appreciated the consistency and seeing the posters out and, and just seeing the product itself. And, and, you know, those people make Georgetown and I, I can't be more happy for the ones that come through that gate every other Sunday. Yeah, that Georgetown was the flea market is a great building to work in. Um, it's not my most favorite building that I've ever worked in. That would, of course, mm-hmm. be the McKinney, the old McKinney Gym, which right, was that place. great building, great ambiance, great acoustics. Um, mm-hmm. But Georgetown's a close second. Yeah, I, I love. I mean, it holds home to me because I live here, and uh, you know, a lot of places. The building that there at the bingo hall where George said where PTW is at every other Sunday holds close to me because that's the first place I've ever seen professional wrestling ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really it really is special to me. Now, um, well, next thing I would like to discuss is your documentary, um, which is, okay. I believe it's got a, the 13th is when the, 
Yeah, this is, Friday night. Yeah, this Friday okay. night there at the Bingo Hall, uh, where the wrestling is. It's 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 gonna um, we're having a viewing party. By seven o'clock there is is a a Q and A, and uh, after the Q and A, we're gonna drop the screen down and uh, be the first time that I've seen the documentary myself. Uh, from the trailers alone, I uh, I'm just really excited to see it. You know, Jeff won't let me see it until Friday, and and. He's been telling me how good it is and, and how much he's he's proud of it. And, you know, all all the credit goes to Jeff for his hard work. I just told the story. Yeah. I mean, you've lived, I mean, you've lived the story. Because I remember right. I seen yeah. the trailer when you first announced it, and I watched it, and I was like, wow, I'm going to have to check that out. Because the last, yeah. I think, independent documentary I seen that was really good was Roger Ruffins. I watched it at Bobby Blake's mm-hmm. house. And mm-hmm. – I think yours is going to be as good, if not better, than that. Just yeah, for production. Yeah, I watch Rogers too, and it's it's really good. So, if it is just as good as Rogers, I'm pleased. But I know that Jeff busted his ass to get this thing where where it's at, and I'm just really excited to see it. Mm-hmm. About how long have you been working on the documentary? Six months, right at six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. All right, and if he's been and following me around, riding in the cars, and doing everything possible. And if any of my listeners out there was wanting to get their hands on one, how would they go about it? Uh, they can either come there Friday and, and pick up a copy uh, there or uh, message me after Friday, and, and I'll, I'll gladly ship you one. Uh, you can PayPal the payment uh, plus the shipping, or you can pick it up at any show that I'm on after Friday night. All right. So um, who all would we expect – when we put the de- when we put the documentary in, um, do you know everybody that was interviewed, or just from what was from the trainers? Uh, well, you'll you'll see my parents, you'll see Max, and you'll see uh, Hustle, and you'll see um, Chris Majors. Uh, you'll see. I mean, there's there's plenty of people. I don't know who all Jeff got, but I know there's plenty of people on there. Okay. All right. So um, what we're going to do now, Larry, is we're going to take a small break. Um, okay. Play, play a commercial. Play. I'm gonna play a song just so I, I can get up and stretch my legs for a second, because right now I've got a little bit little dog laying on them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then when we come back, we're gonna open up the phone lines to some questions. Um, if you're comfortable okay. with that. All I'll right. Bring it on, bro. <laughs> All right, man. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna play the cancer awareness um, commercial from Collar and Elbow now. I ripped the, vid- the the audio straight from the video off Facebook, with of course mm-hmm. with permission from Al and from Alan from Rod Hicks. And now they talk about a shirt. Now, if you want to, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go online, online you can go to collarandelbowbrand.com. Uh, it's the pink mirror shirt. Uh, a portion of that shirt's proceeds will be de- donated to Brand's Cancer Awareness. Um, so if use your promo code Wing, save ten percent and help out a great cause and we'll be right back on off the rails radio october is breast cancer awareness Month, and we here at holler and elbow the wrestling brand want to do our part in eradicating this horrible disease that takes away our wives our mothers our sisters our aunts our daughters please help us to help eradicate breast cancer a portion of the sales of this shirt will go to 
help eradicate this horrible disease. Please help us help the wonderful, beautiful women in all of our lives. Collar and elbowbrand.com.
All right, that was Nonpoint and a song called Tribute. All right, real quick before we bring Larry back on the air here, uh, I want to go ahead and let everybody know my upcoming schedule. Tomorrow night, Off the Rails Radio will be back on the air, which I know a lot of you are out there saying, but you're on tonight. Yes, uh, Trash Can was original. Graham was originally supposed to be on in the week of no, uh, September 14th, but due to the unfortunate passing of my grandfather, uh, I had to reschedule him. And then I scheduled Larry today, and he was – so we got Larry today, Trash Can Graham tomorrow. October 17th, we got Donnie Dollars coming on the air. Then October 24th, Phil Fair. Then on Halloween – we're going to have the Spirit of Detroit, Cassidy and Jonte Keith, uh, a tag team from Detroit, Michigan, is going to be on with us. Then on the 7th of November, we got Creature Feature, John Campbell. Uh, November 14th, we got Eric Emanen. Then on November 21st, uh, Off the Rails Radio is going to go global. Uh, Australian independent wrestler Vinny Vane will join us live. Uh, I've got one last date in October or November to fill, and that's November 28th. So if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to come on my show and tell your story, just uh, message me on Facebook, or you can go to Off the Rails Radio and message me there. You can go to facebook.com slash Off the Rails Radio, and I can get you booked. Um, one last plug of our sponsor, go to Collar and Elbow Wrestling Brand. Um, slave 10% off your order by using the promo code WING and help out the show. Um, and stay tuned for more announcements in the future about more guests. All right, Larry, um, we're about to open up the phone lines, my friend. Are you ready, sir? I'm always ready, my friend. All right, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to call in, the number is 646-716-4264. Call in, ask Larry any question you would like. Just Stop by and say hi It don't matter, we're open for anything Which we've already got somebody sitting and waiting Patiently on hold um, 8533, you are on the air Hey, what's up Tom, what's up? Alright, what's up Andrew, how you doing buddy? I'm doing pretty good, just watch Smackdown Alright man, what did you think about that Hell in a Cell last weekend? Oh man, that was crazy I knew that uh, it, was, it was a New Day match. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic, yeah. even though New Day lost, but still. Yeah. All right, man. I got Larry on the air. Is there anything you'd like to say to the man? What's up, Larry? What's up, Andrew? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, enjoying my nice enjoying uh, watching SmackDown right now. Awesome. I'm looking. Uh, I got a question for you, Larry. Sure, bud. Uh, what was the best match that you had at PTW? The best match that I had at PTW? Yeah. Um, I would have to say it was either the cage match against Max or, um, you know, I, I thought I had a really good one against Rhino. I think that's uh, – you know, there were several, but, uh, you know, and then and I'd have to put the, the chairs match with Donnie in there, uproar, uh, up up in there as well. So I think one yeah. of those three, in my in my opinion, would be uh, my best. Yeah, I won't forget that you and Donnie Green match. That was awesome. Yeah, it, was, it really was something else. The chairs don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, you shut Donnie Green up, that's for sure. 
Put him where he needed to be, buddy. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to Friday night for a documentary. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what it's, uh, what it's going to be like. I, I'm, it'll be the first time that I've seen it as well, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And I'm sure Jonathan will be with you. So uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing you guys out there as well. So bring those uh, questions to the Q&A starting at 7 o'clock. And yeah, Sixers will be there Friday night. Good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and, I'm glad and you Sunday. <laughs> yeah, PTW proud. I cannot wait for a street fight match. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm ready to uh to blast uh, Reverend Ronnie and Bishop Blake upside the head with something, uh maybe a chair or something. And yeah, that's skinny Bishop Blake. <laughs> right. All right, man. Well Andrew, I wanna thank you for calling in, man. You don't ever miss an episode of Off the Rails Radio and I just wanna greatly appreciate I just wanna thank you for tuning in, man. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Larry. We'll see you Friday. Friday, All right. All right. That was Andrew Browning. Man, he don't, he, any chance he can get to call in, he calls in. The episode with Scott Diamond was hilarious. We need more fans like Andrew Browning. Yes. uh, Me and Michael was talking about that least that last week you know there's times you know of course you know you wish the, the payoff would be the, the payoff and the envelope would be the same but it's almost you you would almost rather wrestle in front of a hundred Andrew Brownings than opposed to a thousand you know thousand people that just sitting on their hands the entire time right I agree um but um one thing I didn't get to go over with you um which people you can still call in to number six four six Seven one six four two six four was IWA Mid South. How did that come about? That came about through uh, Todd Morton. Uh, he had uh, he had the the idea of coming in there uh, as the hangman, and we were setting out to take the IWA over. And uh, the end, we we came out of the mask and had a dog collar uh, match and. And the whole the whole thing kind of you know faded out as far as like who was involved and and uh, I guess they liked my work up there and and I've I've been there ever since and gotten plenty of opportunity. Uh, the biggest stage probably being the TPI. Uh, I, I look at that as one of the bigger wrestling tournaments on this side of the country, and I got the opportunity to share the ring with Congo uh, Kong and Match Warner, and then my last match. Uh, I've been getting a lot of great response with Jonathan Gresham. Uh, it's been blowing my Twitter up, and, and uh, people have been saying that was that was the match of TPI. So uh, that that's a big statement for that. So I was blessed to be a part of that. Nice. Um, for anybody that wants to follow your Twitter, what is your Twitter handle? AD. I'm sorry, you kind of cut out. Could you repeat that for me, sir? Yeah, you can a Legend of Larry D. Yes. And if I'm you Twitter want to follow up, right? Twitter, I've, I've got about all from social media, and I think Twitter's the one I use the least. <laughs> and it's probably the easiest to use. Um, if you want to follow All Rails Radio, you can go to at All Rails OTR Radio 83. Um, so, what, outside of the 
documentary and um, PTW, what upcoming bookies do you have out there? Uh, tomorrow night I'll be in Dayton, Ohio for Rockstar Pro. Um, Thursday night I will be uh, in Memphis, Indiana with the IWA uh, for their 21st anniversary uh, show, which features Billy Gunn. Actually, Billy Gunn will be there Wednesday and Thursday, uh, Wednesday with Rockstar and Thursday with IWA. Uh, and then Friday I have the documentary um, off Saturday, and then uh, Sunday we're back in Georgetown uh, with uh, PTW and uh, some of the other outside bookings. I've got Resistance Pro coming next month in Chicago, and uh, just plenty, plenty of new promotions that have been in touch and uh, looking forward to expanding a little bit upcoming. Okay. All right. So let's get into some odd questions. Um, I, I don't ever recall you having any major injuries, but have you had any major injuries with wrestling? Uh, knock on wood, I, I've, I've been okay. Uh, I think last September I had a bad fall, uh, kind of banged my head up a little bit and took five staples. But uh, besides that, no, I've been pretty blessed to uh, to be able to do it almost 17 years without really big, huge major injuries. You know, it's a banging here and there your shoulder getting injured here and there. But besides that, it's been Okay. Yeah, and, and working as long as you have and, and to be that major injury-free, you're right. It is definitely a blessing, and it's definitely a rarity. Um, right. Because I know you you work a very physical style. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, and, and just because he's giving it out, people, doesn't mean he don't feel it when he gives it out because you can get hurt doing something as as well as getting hit with something. Um, right, yeah, it, it very easily. Some so, of those guys hit back very hard, too, so you have to give mm-hmm. them credit as well. Yeah. So, um, get into some road stories. What would be the funniest road story that you could remember? The funniest road story that I can remember is probably, uh, I mean, there's plenty of them, I mean, <laughs> But uh, the one that stands out the most was, was when I first started with uh, pain and we was going through a uh, Burger King uh, drive-thru and the lady was just a complete bitch. And uh, they had messed my order up and she was just being really rude. And uh, <laughs> she went to put her hand out the window and I just dumped the food right right in front of her hand. And, uh, yeah, that didn't end well. And, and I mean, on the road, <laughs> so many uh, – stories and and you know i remember uh wrestling for roger up in northern kentucky one time we was at a place called shimmers and uh we we hit a little bar thereafter because he would wrestle in the bar and uh we we decided to go find a waffle house at three in the morning and we had gotten lost down in cincinnati in the in the ghetto and uh you know shoes were hanging up on the 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 lights, uh, the the power lines, and it was myself and King Hustle and Chris Majors, and uh, we was just stuck at a stop sign, not knowing which way to go. And uh, this gentleman rode a bike by us, and he slightly turned around, coming back towards us. So we got out of there pretty quick, and uh, we got on the interstate, and and there was cops everywhere, and uh, I thought it was a roadblock, of course, and I was like, oh shit, there's a roadblock, and. Uh, no, it just happened to be a, a, a dead gentleman on the side of the interstate uh, that was covered up in blankets. And, uh, you know, at the time, our uh, our kidneys were full of suds. And uh, so 
we had to pull over uh, about 100 yards up. And uh, sure enough, there all three of us was on the side of the interstate uh, uh, just letting it fly about 100 yards from a dead body and, and police officers. So but I would say that one that was on top of the list. Yeah, it was pretty stupid yeah. times, but, you know, times to say the least. Right. It's like I can recall one of mine, which was with Zodiac and Mistress Burgundy. We had did a, a show in Tennessee. We were on our way back home. And I'm driving. They're sleeping. And I'm like, I need to get gas. Because it was their vehicle, but I was driving it. And I'm, I'm going by these gas stations, and they're all closed. And we ran out of gas. Um <laughs> So we call the police to get some help. They come, pick us up. They're going to take me to my truck so I can go home and grab a gas can. They just want to come stay the night with me, go grab a gas can, fill their car up, send them on their way. I'd be darned if the police officer didn't get a flat tire on the way to my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, fun. that was a fun night. Uh, next time you see Zodiac, ask him about that. Yeah, I'll um, ask him about that. Um. Have you ever worked on a show and the entire show just seemed snake bit? Like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, more than I can remember. Uh, I mean, <laughs> with the the way that things work today is, you know, microphones dying, speakers going out, uh, rings breaking. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been on several shows where the wheels kind of fell off, and just it's not one thing, it's another. Uh, I, I can't really remember one in general, but I can remember plenty of, uh, you know, just just things happening that that really just was against the show that that uh, didn't do us any favors. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a while ago, and you may or you may not remember it, but do you remember working on a show for for X in Winchester at this bar that was on the ri- on a river? On the river, yeah, on the boat. That was actually up there in Athens. A uh, hauls on the river was was right up the way, I believe it was, or whatever the boat was. And I, I, if you if I had to remember the name off of the phone, I could tell you right away. But I remember going down a big hill, and uh, it was mixed with MMA wrestling. They had wrestling first, and then MMA on after. And it, the boat, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that very well. I always remember that show for being a train wreck. Did did you do you kind of remember it that way for being that way too? Uh, no, because I was more like me and Donnie were more the outsiders. So, I mean, we really didn't know, you know, anything except just, uh, you know, we're going there to wrestle the show. Uh, but I I remember being in there afraid to hit one side of the ropes in fear of going into the river. Uh, (laughs) right. Uh, a funny story about that show, uh, was after the show, the, the, the people on the boat made the mistake of, uh, leaving a, a a cart of beer, like uh, like you know how they have the carts of beer that they would push around and you know you could buy beer and sell it. Well, uh, we kind of hijacked that and uh, we we had drank all night on that beer and uh, the people wasn't very happy about it, but they never did find out where all the beer was going. But little they know it was going in our guts. Right. <laughs> I I remember that night being. In- which I'd met the man a million times before, but it's the first time I've ever had any really interaction with him. And he's a, and I use this term loosely, an, an MWA legend, an ice train. Um, ice train. Oh my God. That was the first time I ever got to interact with that man. 
Yeah. And that was crazy. <laughs> crazy is an understatement for Ice Train. I'll say that. Right. Bless I remember. Crazy is an understatement. I remember we're, it was a six. The main event was a six man match. I want to say it was me, somebody whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, Cody Matthews versus Rated X, The Patriot, and Ice Train. Of course, the Patriot, not wanting to get into the ring, just stayed on the ape, on the outside of the ring the entire time. Um, and X talked that poor guy into getting on top of, I, I want to say it was like a building, oh, and then gosh. jumping off, then jumping off and double axe, doing a double axe to my arm while he was holding it. And then he got up there, and I'm just like, "There's no way I'm letting this man hit me in the arm. It's that high up." Right. And um. I, that was one of the few times I I um, called an audible without telling anybody, and I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I blame you there. I'm not sure if I would have took that either. <laughs> no. And oh, man, I just I remember um, we me and me and me and X at one point tried to talk Cody Matthews into us letting him throw him into the water, knowing that Cody Matthews was riding with the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, poor Cody. Now, I ain't going to lie. I'm not sure either. But I know um, Patriot was dead set against that. Yeah. You dumb fuckers, fuckers, he's got to ride with me. (laughs) (laughs) That that river, anybody that's been near that river, because I pass that that river every time I go to uh, the Winchester store for Renaissance Center, and it's not clean. At all. No. It's very, very dirty. <laughs> and I will say that the PO for that night was very good. Yes, it was. X was always good about taking care of us, though. Yes. Yeah, You, you if you worked for X, you got you got paid. Uh, right. So, um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to have anybody calling in. Um, oh, man. That's yeah. Okay. I mean, no worries. Some, I mean, it's sometimes it's real hit and miss. Sometimes people line up to call in. Sometimes they don't. Um, of course, the the most surprising, well, it wasn't really a call in because I, I work, I do my podcast most of the time kind of like I, I worked in the ring. I like to walk and talk a lot of it. Um, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll listen to my, inter, I'll listen to the person I'm interviewing talk and then I'll get questions from there. And, um, okay. And I brought Brock Landers on, and he he, he had mentioned um, when I when I booked him, he's like, "Would do you want Al to come on?" I was like, "If he's available, yeah, sure. I ain't going to say no to having Al Snow on the show." Exactly. <laughs> and um, um, well, he never mentioned another word about it, and mm-hmm. so I come in, I I start the show introduce Brock kind of the same way I did you normal. I used to, I would kind of do like a little bit of a monologue, take a break, come back, bring my guest. Well, here lately right. I've just gotten away from the whole monologue. And, mm-hmm. um, I said, and so, and here's Brock Landers. And he's like, well, uh, Mr. Wing, before we get into my interview, I want to bring on my guest. He, um, ladies and gentlemen, here's Al Snow. And at the point I'm just like, I have no fucking clue what to say now. <laughs> and, which it went well. I mean, I just I just let out talk and I shut the hell up, kind of like you know right. you do when you're a greenhorn. <laughs> and I told 
I told Brock, I was like, next time a little heads up would be nice, brother. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, especially with that guest. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I could have prepared for that just a little bit. But, um, man, well, we're about an hour 15 in. Um, I do want to say I do appreciate you coming on tonight, taking, you know, you got a real busy schedule and, you know, taking some time out for Off the Rails Radio. And it's, I want to say that this interview has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure for me as well. I appreciate you having me on. I really do. And I uh, look forward to seeing you again. You'll have to come visit sometimes. I, w- I will do. Will do. Um, with my work schedule, it's it's, it's hard, but I, I'm a, I'm off on Sunday. So you you never know. You may see me pop up at the Georgetown Flea Market on the um, other side of the barricade that I don't normally be on. So you, you right. may see me. Just keep an eye out. Of course, if I do All come, right. I yes, will let you know. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. You're more than welcome, my friend. All righty, man. Well, Larry, thank you for being on with us tonight, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me, my friend. No problem. And we will talk to you down the road. All right. Have a good one. I appreciate you. You too. No problem. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was legendary Larry D. It's um, been a long time coming. About, I ain't going to lie. Um, I've been wanting to have him on the show for a while. It's just... Um, we finally was able to get together and get him, get him on the show. And I want to thank Larry for coming on the show. And I want to thank Andrew for calling in. Um, people, don't be scared to call in. Um, you know, I don't care to ha- you know have somebody call in and have a 20-minute conversation with uh, per- with you know the clan and with my guest. Um, don't be afraid to call in. Again, tomorrow night we'll be back at eight o'clock with Andrew or not Andrew, but with Michael Trashcan Graham. Uh, we're going to talk about Frank the Tank. We're going to talk about Smash Busters. We're going to talk about when me and him first met at, M- at NWA Main Event. Uh, be sure to listen. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Off the Rails Radio. Thank you and good night.